Today's Unseminary podcast episode is brought to you by Church Community Builder. I love how these guys help church leaders make and grow disciples by providing software and coaching focused on improving operational effectiveness. Church Community Builder provides leaders like me with insights into engagement of our church community, helping us close the gaps that allow people to slip away unnoticed. Visit churchcommunitybuilder.com to learn more. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. My name's Rich, the host here. And, you know, every week we try to gather together great experts, people from uh, various churches that are doing some great things. And today, uh, you know, I'm, I'm super excited that you're gonna, that you're listening in because today we've got Kent Jacobs from Epic Church. Uh, this is a great church. You're going to want to hear from uh, really a church in, that's experienced some incredible growth in a part of the country that we don't normally think of as, a, you know, a place where fast-growing churches come from. Uh, so, Kent, thanks so much for being on the show today. Yeah, man. Thrilled to be here with you. Excited to uh, be able to chat a little bit. Nice to hang out again, for sure. Uh, the qu- question I had, why don't you start with just telling us a bit about Epic. Uh, tell us about um, you know the church, if people were to show up this weekend, what would they experience, and, and give us kind of the story of what's happened in the last few years. Yeah, so uh, the church started in 2008. Uh, we are in Philadelphia, so northeast part of the country. And uh, here in this part of the country, people either... Um, usually have no church background, or if they do, it's pretty traditional, like Catholic or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if someone were to walk into uh, church at, at one of our locations, we're a multi-site church in the city, um, they would experience, probably the best way to describe it would be something different, different from what they've known, different from what they've experienced or thought uh, church would be like. Um, uh, some of the differences are uh, we reach a lot of young professionals, young adults, young families, so that, that can be different. Um, we're very multicultural as a church, and in a lot of ways, it's just a reflection of the city. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's different in church, for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, we teach the application. Um, mm-hmm. There's always some type of to-do or action step. What are you going to do with what you just heard? You mm-hmm. know, not, let's not just be hearers, but let's be doers. Yep. Um, so that can be a little different. That's applicable. Um, and, and probably the biggest thing, though, is that I, I think there's this general sense that we're doing something big together. Mm-hmm. And um, I... I I love that that you know we just get to invite more and more people on our mission. You know we believe that every person matters, mm. and we want to we want Epic to be a place where anyone can walk through the doors and discover Jesus mm-hmm. and the difference that He can make in your life. And mm-hmm. so we're we're trying to do that together. Every person in the city. Yeah. So yeah, tell me about that. Tell me about the name Epic. Every person in the city. Do you really mean every person? Come on, that's crazy. That's yeah. a crazy mission. Yeah, I heard someone say that you'll um, you'll go farther. Um, chasing wait what does it say you go farther chasing something you know you can't reach than uh, going after something you know you can attain Mm -hmm. so you know we know that we as a church can't reach every person in the city it's impossible Mm -hmm. um but we can be part of reaching every person in the city and i think that includes all the other churches you know doing everything they can as well um so we're going after that um and you know the 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 where the name came from it's fun um, we initially uh, was looking for a name for the church. I was walking around downtown and asking people, like, hey, if there's a new church, um, you know, what do you think would be a good name? And I had these these list of names. And um, one of them was, was Oasis. And we we're like, man, mm. that would be, you know, mm-hmm. how about that? It's a place where people go and, and uh, are refreshed, that type of a thing. Mm-hmm. But turns out there's a gentleman's club in Philly called Oasis. Oh, no. 
<laughs> right. So everybody was like, no, just not that. Like, yeah, whatever. that's funny. <laughs> or maybe the other people option. be confused. So we just went with that. <laughs> so, but uh, the incredible. name EPIC stands for every person in the city. Right. Um, and really, it just goes back to our vision. See every person in the city, made Jesus the forgiver and leader of their life. Very so cool. that's where it came from. Well, why don't we kind of jump in and, and break apart how it is that you're taking steps towards that mission of every person in the city getting a chance to kind of connect with them. And, you know, your church has seen some incredible growth over these last few years. You're a humble guy. Um, I know you don't, you know, you don't want to just focus on the numbers, but give us a sense of some of that, you know, kind of what does that growth you know, curve look like in the last few years? Yeah, so we started at the end of 2008, so we'll be eight years old in October. Really excited about celebrating our birthday. Um, and it churches about 1,500 people across four locations now. That's so amazing. we're we're multi-site, but we're not we're not mega multi-site. We're like small multi-site. I don't even know yep. what it's called. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, um, it's good. But um, you know, it's it's just it's a reflection of of trying to do the best we can to go further faster in the context of a city. That's just yep. kind of how it's played out. How it's played out for us. Um, well, and that's and church, just to, to highlight for people who are listening that that's rare. Like a, a church of that size, you know, in 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 a in a city. Um, you know, that most churches, you know, we know, and you know this, that most churches are in decline. All those statistics, those kind of depressing statistics out there about, you know, how bad the church is doing are only worse within urban context. They're, they they only look more negative, the, uh, you know, for the most part. But I love that Epic is really pushing that bounds, going in the opposite direction. What is it that you think God has used to see some of that take place and, you know, to see, you know, your ability to reach so many people? Yeah, you know, um, and a lot of us have been fortunate. To some degree, it's been five loaves, two fish. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, nothing but what we do is sexy. It's yep. just kind of, here we go. We're going to go do it. We're just going to reach people and, yep. and introduce people to Jesus. But there's also a part of it that just comes down to, like, strategy and yep. process and, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And I think that that's an interesting thing because uh, church growth a lot of times can be so – um, mystifying and you know it's like how do you you know it's like this mystical thing that how do you grab it you grab it, you gotta hold on to it and right. that type of thing and and when things are like up and to the right and you've experienced rapid growth you gotta be careful because it's in those moments you can think man this is the next great awakening like yes. it's happening right, <laughs> right now yes um, but then when things you know slow a bit um, you can think well like has God left us right does you know, is he still are we doing anything right or mm-hmm. you know what's, mm-hmm. what's the deal here mm-hmm. um, but I think I think we can take some of the mystery away if we look at some some basic processes um, in approaching that. So um, I think to some degree, sometimes it's just a growth barrier deal. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. You just got to look at where you're at. And there's lots of information about growth barriers uh, online. Lots of people have written a lot of things about that. Mm-hmm. And so you just need to change uh, some of your strategy or uh, change some of your methods or some of your processes. Yep. Um, sometimes it's about closing your back door, mm-hmm. right? That's a big one. Um, you know. Uh, as it relates to money, I heard someone say that the fastest way to find new money is to stop spending everything you have. <laughs> true. And Very so, true. so for church growth, I think sometimes the fastest way to uh, to keep moving in a in a growing direction is to look at where you're losing people out your back door right. and figure out what you need to close that back door mm-hmm. um, so that you can retain what God's already brought. Um, be more efficient with who God brings, you know, mm-hmm. that type of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I think another way of looking at it is looking at your front door. Right. And I think a big key to church growth can be um, making sure that you, you're you doing everything you can to create an inviting culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, someone told me this one time, they said that um, that church growth is directly related to your number of first-time guests, mm. uh, the number of first-time guests who come through your doors. Right. Um, and so if you, if you take that thinking and start to kind of play that out, um, 
essentially it comes down to, all right, if if I want the church over the next year, just for example's sake, mm-hmm. uh, I want the church to grow by a hundred people, and you know our retention rate is ten percent. We retain ten percent mm-hmm. who walk through our doors, mm-hmm. uh, and I want the church to grow by a hundred people. Then how many people, how many new people do I need to have coming to the doors in order to grow by a hundred people over the next year? Mm-hmm. And the answer is a thousand. Right. right. So it's just. It's just math, and, and not right. that it's not just saying church growth is just math. Right. Um, That'll but, be the tweet. Church growth, just math. <laughs> <laughs> church growth, just math. Yeah, yeah. Boom. Yeah. Um, no, that's not the case. Um, but um, but to some degree, there is some math to it. Yes. And, you know, the point of the church is the Great Commission. The point mm-hmm. of the church is we want to make disciples who make disciples. Mm-hmm. But that all starts mm-hmm. by someone attending. Yes. It's got to come in the first place. So, right. um I think that's where you got to ask yourself, what are my strategies around getting new people through the door? Yeah, I love that. And first of all, I just want to underline that, that I think there are, are folks that may um, be there listening in and they're thinking, man, how do I get my church growing? And they may not even be aware. They don't even know how many first time guests come to their church. And so it's hard for them to even wrestle to understand, okay, well, how many of those are staying? And and then, you know, how are we going to grow from there? A, a part of this is being a good steward of what is already coming. And so some of that is, you know, getting a sense of where, you know, what is, what does, it does your, what does your sticky rate look like? You know, is it 10%? Are you, you know, did, if you saw a hundred get, if you saw a hundred people come to your church last year and 50 of them st- stayed, I can tell you things are going amazing at your church. Um, yeah. You know, that's amazing, right? Um, but it's probably not that. It's probably closer to what you're saying, that kind of 10 to one, it might even be 20 to one. Um, that that we see that that's pretty typical for you know churches that wrestle through that. So now how how at Epic are you tracking those two sides of the equation? So number of first time guests and then you know how many of them are, are sticking or what does that look like for you know growth? Yeah, so we do a couple things. Like one is we use a connection card every week. Yep. Um, and we encourage everybody to fill it out. It's not just a thing that's in there. It's like, hey, if you're a first time guest, grab this thing. It's just you. And everybody pulls the thing out and everybody fills out the front. Um, and then on the back, we have our next steps. So mm-hmm. when we teach the application, it's, okay, What? how can we pray for you this week? And yep. what's your next step? All that kind of stuff. So um, it's like a big group activity every single week when we go through our connection. Do, do you actually pause the service and fill it out? Like, do you actually say, okay, Absolutely. this is the moment now where we're all going to do that? We're all going to do it. And we pray and we're, we're, we're saying, hey, everybody pull out your connection card. Yeah. Um, you yeah, know, fill it's, out it's the not- connection card music. <laughs> You know, the whole yeah. thing. And card music, the whole deal. Yeah, that's um, important. I, you know, I, the, just to you know, underline that, I think there's a lot of church leaders who try to do the connection card thing and they just mention it at the end of the service. They're like, oh, yeah, hey, we got this thing. If you could fill it out. Well, no one's going to do that, right? Nobody no fills it out. Yeah, why is that? Because you're not stopping and pausing and so, t- you know, taking some time in the service, actually making it a part of the experience. A big deal for sure. Yeah, well, we, we, with our uh, location pastors and, and we treat those location pass. I mean, those connection cards are like gold. Yes. I mean, it's it's people are giving you information. Yep. They're saying this is how you can pray for me. This yep. is this is my first time here or my second time here. I'm a returning guest. I'm yep. and what we then can do with it and on so many different levels. Huge. Um, just promotes engagement, connects yep. with people, shows that we really care and love about uh, and yep. love them and. Uh, are welcoming. It's just, it's, it's huge. It's an invaluable tool. Yep. I think if you use it correctly. Well, let's talk about some of the strategies, you know, what, what are you doing on the, to open up that front door? What does that look like for, you know, for Epic? Yeah. Um, uh, part of invite, uh, creating an inviting culture for us is, um, kind of having that out, out in the forefront, like even our name Epic, it's right. every person in the city. Like our, like 
God's heart beats fastest for those that uh, he doesn't know yet or don't know him yet, rather, don't know him yet. Mm -hmm. And so we want our church to feel that, to know that, to hear that. You know, you know, we've heard from from another place, you know, um, you know, are you just about the numbers? Yeah. Yeah. We're just about numbers and that every number has a name. Every name has a story and every story matters to God. So, Like we, we say things like that. And that's part of our DNA is that people mm-hmm. matter mm-hmm. and every person matters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so we want every person to be able to come to a place like this and, and discover Jesus. Hmm. Um, we give people tools. Like yep. one is one is a basic like an invite card. Yeah. Just look like a business card. I'm sure you've seen uh, mm-hmm. that type of thing before mm-hmm. uh, with information about the church, just so that somebody can use it as a tool to say, hey, you come to church with me this weekend, that type of a deal. Now we're, we're tooling around with more of a digital version of mm-hmm. that because the business card is just um, so 1980s, right. I think. So, yeah. Um, you know, but if we can do like some type of digital invite and leverage social media in that way. Um, and, and we do that every single week. Like right. Every single week, one of our next steps on the back of the card is I'll invite a friend to church next week. Okay. Every week. And every right. week we say it. Right. And every week we give people invite cards. Yep. Every week. Okay, <laughs> again, I want to underline this here, people. So you're telling me, um, you know, power of the invite card. It's a, it's a, it, it, how, how often do those change? Are they always the same? What do they say on them? Um, again, this is a strategy I've seen in our context that works uh, consistently. It, it, it's one of those things that, you know, if you talk to, um, you know, fast growing churches, I was talking to a guy who is, you know, in the, you know, low single digits, one of the fastest, you know, growing churches in the country. I said, what did you do the year that you ended up on that list? And he said, listen, it was very simple. We gave everyone an invite card every service. I'm like, what? You're kidding me. No, no. He's literally it, it, as as crazy and as simple as it is, um, you know, there's something to giving people that physical or having, you know, a digital equivalent of that. So kind of talk us through how those cards, what do they look like? How often do they change? Yeah. That sort of thing. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're same most of the year, except for whenever we have some special events coming up and we'll okay. change it up to to tie to the event, you know, mm-hmm. to give a specific invite for that particular thing. Yep. So we'll change it for Easter. We'll change it for something we call Epic Day. I'll probably talk about that in just a second. Yeah, totally, yeah. Um, and encourage people to use it, use it around that time. For Christmas, we do the same type of thing. So, um, but on the card is, you know, just the basic information for the church. It, it's 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 a good piece of marketing. It's it's not done poorly. It's yep. done well. Yep. It looks good. Represents the church well. Um, and the back of the card just has like a um, a short little paragraph about kind of dispelling some of the ideas that people have about church. Yeah. Um, I think it starts with something like, hey, there's a lot of dogmas out there about what church is. And, um, and you know, we're, we're working hard to try and change some of that. And we'd love for you to come be with us, you know, wear your jeans and uh, we're going to have a good time together, that type of a thing. So mm-hmm. it's um, that coupled with somebody saying, you got to come with me to my church. Mm-hmm. It's something different. Yeah, it's huge. Um, could, would you give us a copy of that digital copy so we could see those cards? Absolutely. We could put it in the show notes. That'd be great. People could take a look yeah, and see. Yeah, that would be really good. Uh, you you passed over it. Uh, I want to talk about Epic Day because when I when I heard about this, I was like, this was one of those like lean forward. They do what? Um, I'd, I'd love to hear about Epic Day. Tell us about that. This is a you know a big day strategy that you're employing at your church. It is. It is essentially a big day. So uh, one of the questions you have to ask as you're in creating and inviting culture is. What events on your calendar do you have that promote inviting? Um, we say every Sunday is the best Sunday to invite someone to church. And then we throw in some ones that we're like, no, but really this one is. Yeah. Uh, so, 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 true. so Epic Day, honestly, we just kind of made up our own holiday. Yep. Um, essentially where it came from is you know, we love Easter. Easter's great. It's a big day. People invite to Easter. People come back to church on Easter. Uh, the challenge with Easter, though, is that it comes on the front of summer. Yes. And so all those new guests, those first-time people, second-time, 
first-time people, once-in-a-while people who show up. You have an opportunity to connect with them, but then you're right into summer and people are off with their yes. plans or yep. or whatever it is. So, um, you know, we were playing around with the idea. We're like, okay, well, what if Easter was on the front side of a growth season? Mm-hmm. And we know the growth seasons for churches are uh, beginning of the fall uh, like, and then also uh, beginning of spring. Mm-hmm. So we're uh, winter, spring. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we create these big days and strategically place them at those times, knowing that we would then have several weeks after that mm-hmm. to really connect and try to bring people into the life of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, so Epic Day, like I said, it's our own holiday. Um, that's the day that we say, hey, if you call Epic your church home, you need to be here on that day. So we, there's internal marketing component of that mm-hmm. um, where we're getting everybody's part of our church to be there at the same time. But then also there's the external part where we're saying we want you to make it an Epic Day for somebody else. Yep. Like we want you to, to bring your family, your friends, your coworker, that type of thing. Um, and, and we also tell them, we say, hey, you know that message that you hear and you're like, gosh, if I didn't know you were going to say that, mm-hmm. then I would have brought so-and-so or yep. I would have brought so-and-so. Yep. So we tell them, hey, on that day, we're going to teach that message. Right. I'm like I'm telling you now, so you have no excuses. Yes. Uh, so bring them on that day. We usually do some type of swag. Um, I tell you what, I don't know what it is about T-shirts. <laughs> so true. I know where yeah. you're going. <laughs> Something about T-shirts. People will <laughs> knock over small children and just to get a T-shirt. Um, so true. But it's cool, too, because it creates a sense of unity and identity. Yep. And, hey, we're all part of this big team together. So we'll do a T-shirt or we'll do some other type of swag, sunglasses or mm-hmm. uh, something like that. This is like for Philly or, or something like that on yep. it. And um, it's just it's just a big day. We celebrate. We have a lot of fun. Um, and they've been, uh, they've been great, um, I think, growth catalysts for us throughout Absolutely. the year. Yeah, a couple things to pull apart there. I think one of the things about big days like like Epic Day or Easter or Christmas, you know, don't ignore the fact that a part of this is getting people who are on the fringe of your church, who who maybe even if you were to ask them what church they go to, they may say, yeah, I go to Epic. But you know and I know they don't show up all the time. Um, yeah. You know and I know that they're just not there all the time. And so a, creating an excuse to call all those people back in, I talk about recall, that it's like, hey, you, cu- you need to be here for that day. Um, you know, that is a part of this equation. You know, that's a part of, of growing your church and it's a part of closing the back door. It's a part of creating a great experience. And there, there's something around, I don't know if you've experienced this. There's, there's a, a big part of creating an inviting culture. Typically people who are on the fringe, they actually have, um, the most number of relationships, active relationships that, um, they could use to invite to, you know, to come into the church sometimes. And there's this weird thing that happens as you're journeying with the church longer over time, your social network gets filled with people from the church, which is really positive, which is wonderful. That's great. But what it can do is actually hamper your ability to invite people to come in um, because you're like, everybody I know is in my small group where I serve and, you know, I got there's four people at work and I've invited them all and they're not coming. And so, you know, really drawing in some of those fringe people, uh, you know, for sure. And then I, I think the whole idea, the swag thing, the T-shirt thing, you know, I've, I've, I feel like I've said that t- so many times in Unseminary, but it's very true. There is something about particularly T-shirts. There's a disproportionate value to them. The, the, the cost <laughs> that they what they actually cost versus what people think they value, how much they're valued um, yeah. is way disproportionate. So, you know, people will do crazy things for t-shirts. It's amazing, you yeah. know, which is, is great. So, um, I have, at, I'm sorry, at our, at our last episode, there's something you said made me think about this. Um, this lady walked up to me and she literally, she has this crowd of people behind her yep. and she says, she says, Hey, uh, Hey, Kent, this is my row. Like she brought, oh, uh, that's great. Of, 
cool. But you know, it, it was it was an epic day thing. Yeah, it was like this is my row, you oh, know, absolutely. and um, you know, so so many stories and. On those epic days, I think it's really important to, um, or kind of really as much as possible, um, part of creating inviting culture is reminding people that when they invite, that's like one of the most spiritual things they'll probably do in a whole week. Yes, yes. Um, that, that God has tapped them on the shoulder and has invited them to be part of what he's doing in this city or in that part of the world um, in a really special way, you know, that... that possibly no one else could have done, you know, because of that relationship. Um, and so when someone comes to Epic, you know, we don't take that lightly. We want to make sure that we're celebrating life change, you know, so we're telling stories of life change and showing stuff on the video about what God has done. And there's something about seeing that that makes you go, I, I want that for me. I want that for everybody I know. And that helps to kind of, you know, help build and create that culture. This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Let's jump into the lightning round, that part of the episode where we talk uh, and ask similar questions of everybody that's on the show today. We're super honored to have Kent Jacobs with us from Epic Church, a great church uh, that you need to follow and, be, and track. They're doing some amazing things. So, uh, Kent, what's an online resource that you're using these days that's helping your ministry? Yeah, a big one for me is Notability, which is an app on my iPad. Mm -hmm. What I love about it is I can take notes if I'm at a conference or listen to someone speak. Um, I can take notes, and it takes the audio at the same time. And oh, nice. I can actually drag to the, to the point in my notes where I want to listen to the audio again, and it picks up the audio right there. So that's, wow. that's huge. That's, that's awesome. Huh. You know, so I can go back. I heard somebody say, and I can find it pretty quickly instead of like I got to listen to the next hour of content. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, that's very cool. I love that. I'd never heard of that before. That's really cool. Uh, what's a book you've read in the last I don't know six months, maybe a year uh, that's had an impact on your thinking or ministry? Yeah, so a big one for us. One of my all-time favorites, actually, read in the last year was The Advantage by Patrick Lencioni. Fantastic book. Um, that's a great one. Definitely. Uh, what's another ministry that you're looking at that inspires you? Um, probably, I mean, we, we love, we love North Point and what they're doing. Mm -hmm. We love Liquid Church up in New Jersey. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, man. Shout out. To <laughs> um, we love, um, we love seeing what God's doing. Even, I mean, even at New Spring and, yep. and, um, um, yeah, gosh, Elevation and, and yep. those types of churches is really cool. Um, it's just, you know, trying to pick up some, some things along the way. There's, there's a big influence for us. Nice. Very good. Um, if you could get 15 minutes with any leader alive, uh, who would you want to get that with and why? Hands down, Bill Hybels. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, he's like the godfather for yeah, one. Right. Exactly. Um, you know, um, but Bill Hybels in 2000, 2005, I went to a conference out Willow. And um, he, he spoke for 42 minutes, and it completely changed my life um, because he talked about the first church in Acts chapter 2. And I had never – the first time I really had a vision for the church. Mm -hmm. I mean, really. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it totally changed the whole rest of my life. So I'd, I, would, I would take a minute of that time just saying thank you so much, and then I would shut up. Yeah. And I would take the next 14 minutes and go. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I, it's a similar experience. You know, I had an experience about, you know, at, at Willow – years ago where, um, you, you know, it was probably 20 years ago and I went and I sat like in the f probably second or third row. It was just at a normal service, wasn't at a conference. And I was so blown away by what I saw. I literally thought up until that point, I thought church had to suck. I thought it had to be boring. <laughs> I didn't think it connected. I was in ministry and I didn't think it could connect to real life. I didn't think it could be life giving. And I literally broke it out in tears because I was like, oh my goodness. It was like this paradigm shift 
um, that really my whole life's been shaped by. So I, yeah, Bill Hybel, shout out to him. Obviously, incredible, incredible leader. So, well, I appreciate you being on the show. I'm, I'm sure, uh, you know, leading at Epic takes a lot of time, effort, and energy. When you just want to kick back and relax, uh, what do you do for fun? Um, I, more than anything, I love to be with my family. I've got two kids, uh, Kaylin Cohen and, and my wife, Tiffany. So I like, I like just hanging out with them. Um, that's a ton of fun. We, we like going to movies, playing games. Right. I'm a huge Eagles fan, that type of stuff. Uh, last week, last week I started fishing. Nice. Like last week. Last week. <laughs> so far I've just fed fish. I haven't. Yeah, exactly. I've had a great lot, time. You've drowned a lot of worms. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> well, Ken, if people want to get in touch with you or with the church, how can they do that? Yeah, uh, epic.church. That's the website. All of our contact information is on there. Anybody on our team, their contact information is there. And uh, we're glad to do anything we can to help and love talking shop and that type of stuff. So it's good. Thank you so much. Thanks for being on the show today. Yeah, brother. Love it. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email, rich at unseminary.com. Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com. It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.